Welcome to the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. If you've ever felt like memorizing God's Word is an uphill battle, stay tuned. This podcast will help you make Bible memory a consistent and enjoyable part of your daily life. After all, knowing Scripture is the first step towards a fruitful, God-honoring life. So whether you're a new memorizer who needs some practical Bible memory tips, or a veteran memorizer who just needs some encouragement for their journey, stay tuned for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast, the podcast where we're helping you make Scripture memorization a consistent and enjoyable part of your daily life. So in today's episode, we're going to be exploring a really important topic, and that is how to study what you memorize. And I think this is such an important topic. And I know for me, sometimes it's easy as a scripture memorizer to say, well, isn't scripture memorization like the deepest form of study? Doesn't that count as study? Well, in some ways it does. And it's a very important thing to to include as part of your Bible study. But today we're going to be exploring uh, why it's important and how to approach that additional layer of study that really equips you to get the most out of your scripture memorization. So as we get ready to dive into that, Randy, why don't you start our time with a passage of the day? Sure. Our passage of the day comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Before I read the verse, I want to note with you guys and with our listeners that chapter 2 is uh, full of analogies. Uh, the first is a hardworking soldier, uh, the hardworking farmer, And then this one, a servant approved by the Lord. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy. He says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, Paul's uh, 2 Timothy is Paul's last inspired letter that we have. He's writing to his protege in the ministry, Timothy. Um, He's going to be martyred soon. And he's giving instruction to Timothy to guard the good deposit of the gospel that's been entrusted to him. He wants him to be a workman that's been approved by God. And the way that that is going to happen is by studying the Word of God. Now, the specific uh, direction is towards Timothy, but really there's a general application for all of us. Believers are to be men and women of the book. We are to study God's Word day in and day out. That's great. So as we get ready then to explore the implications of that in the context of Scripture memory, let's kind of start with this high-level question. Why should we study what we memorize? Olivia, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, Well, this is the Scripture memory podcast, so we want to study um, what we're memorizing because it's the Word of God and it's Mm -hmm. valuable. Um, I think it's one thing to have God's Word in your heart, but if you're able to understand what God's word means as you're memorizing it. That's incredibly valuable. That's so true. Randy, what about you? What reason might you share? Well, it makes your memory work easier. I know, Liv, you gave this really great spiritual answer, and it is true. It's the word of God. But then there's also a a practical answer, a nuts and bolts issue. If you study what you memorize, it's easier to memorize it. Mm -hmm. I want to share with you guys a a quote. This is from a lecture on nuclear structure physics. Are you guys Mm. experts on... I was reading about that just last night. Maybe you can help me with the pronunciation. (laughs) I absolutely was not. (laughs) It says this, A basic quantity that can be measured for the ground states of nuclei is the atomic mass of the neutral atom with atomic mass number A and charge Z. I have no earthly idea what that means. 
Was it good? <laughs> yeah. I bust my soul right Blessed now. Blessed your soul. We have no idea what this means. Can you imagine trying to memorize this? We have no clue what it's even about. The same can be true of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. If we're not really digging in and, and studying it and knowing what it means, how are we going to memorize it? It's going to make it very difficult. Yeah, and I think along that line, for me, studying what I memorize helps with retention mm-hmm. because I think we memorize concepts and ideas so much easier than empty words. I mean, think about how hard it might be to memorize a person's phone number um, as opposed to memorizing you know, how to get to work because numbers really don't convey any particular meaning. And, and similarly, if you're memorizing a passage of Scripture and all you're focused on is getting the words in the right order, but you haven't really stopped to think about the truth that is conveyed, that's going to make it harder to retain it. And not only does it make it harder to retain it, but you've basically guaranteed that you can't apply it because you don't know, first of all, uh, what it means. Mm, very good. Well, another thing that we ought to think about of why we should study what we memorize is that it makes application more effective. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't lose this idea as we're memorizing. The real goal of memorizing and meditating on the Word of God is to obey it is to apply it in our lives and then share it in the lives of of other people so that they can apply it. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to make the right application with it, don't we? That means that we have to have accuracy and precision with the meaning. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So as as our listeners are thinking about how to implement this, and, and maybe we're all reminded of how important it is to study what we memorize, it's a good question to think about When does this study happen? Is this something you do during the memorization process, before or after? Olivia, what are your thoughts on the best time to kind of perform that deep study of the passage that a person is starting to memorize? Yeah. So when you begin to study a passage, um, you're living with that passage. Um, It's on your brain constantly, um, and you're parsing it out word by word, line by line. Um, And so you, you could memorize it after the fact, but really it's going to be, or you could study it before, after the fact, but really it's going to be best if you study and then memorize. Um, so we're going to call this like pre-memorization study. Um, because like I said, like as you're studying, it's naturally going into your mind already and you will be able to parse out the meaning of the text, um, far more deeply than if you were to memorize it and then go back and study it. Now it's in your mind and you understand what it's saying as you memorize it after Mm -hmm. the fact. I think Bible study is so important. And yet for some of our listeners, I think it can also be intimidating because, I mean, if you're memorizing 2 Timothy, are are we suggesting that you've got to read all of those commentaries that have been written about 2 Timothy? But Randy, I love the system that you've shared with us um, in the past that kind of breaks down Bible study into a few very basic components. This isn't going to take you know weeks or months to really do, but it gives us kind of an overview of what a passage is really saying. And so why don't you uh, share with us a little bit of what that system looks like for Bible study? Sure. Uh, this is a system that I learned, I'm going to show my age here, probably 18, 19 years ago. I learned it uh, sophomore year at Bible college. I had a great Bible professor, a wonderful man of God uh, named Dr. Ronald Meeks, and I'm still close to him. He, he preached my ordination sermon. And he came up with this method, and it's called Homer Loves Good Country Sausage. He and his wife, they had, a, uh, I think, a, a Labrador retriever. 
named Homer, and that's what the acrostic is built around. What the acrostic stands for are the five factors for biblical interpretation. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, when I learned this, it really blew my mind. It was a simple, progressive journey to to studying God's Word. Uh, Let me give you what the acrostics stand for. The five factors of biblical interpretation, Homer loves good country sausage, are these. The historical factor, the literary factor, the grammatical factor, the contextual factor, and the spiritual factor. Did you guys note what the last factor was? Mm-hmm. Spiritual. The yeah. spiritual factor. It, that is very intentional because mm-hmm. you're studying all of the background details of the passage before you get to the application part mm-hmm. so that you know yeah. what the text says. It's so easy as you're reading a passage to immediately say, well, how do I run out and do this today? Mm-hmm. And yet, if we're not careful, if we don't understand all of the nuances of what was going on historically, grammatically, sometimes we can run off into left field with our application Mm -hmm. because we haven't really gotten under the hood of that passage to explore what it means. So, Randy, let's break these down a little bit and talk about them one by one. That first one, the historical factor. How would someone who's, who's beginning to study their passage begin to understand what the historical factor was. What what should they be looking for historically? Okay. Well, it's important that we understand the historical background of a book because each book was originally written to an original audience. Mm-hmm. And so what the text means today is what it's going to mean in their day. So the more we know about the background, the more that we know about that original audience, the better we'll be able to apply it to our lives today. I, I like to think about it like a let's say, a telephone call. I've been studying the book of Philippians. Um, Paul's letters in many ways are like one side of a telephone call. Mm. There's other things that are going on on the other line, and he's responding to that. The more you know about the historical background, the more that you know about the original audience, the more what he says on that side of the line will make sense. Think of it like this. Um, Let's say that uh, your spouse was talking to someone, and uh, they signed off with saying, I love you. Well, that could have some differing implications, couldn't it? Um, if you know that that's their mom or dad, then that's good. <laughs> if it was someone else, it may involve a long, drawn-out conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where would we get uh, some of the historical background? We have tons of resources mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, a good study Bible mm-hmm. will give you the historical background of each book. Uh, yeah. There are resources uh, abundant online. Uh, Bible dictionaries, a commentary, Bible encyclopedia, a Bible handbook. It's really everywhere. And if I can add Mm -hmm. to that, um, I think it can be really overwhelming to think like, okay, the historical background. So, like, do I need to know the entire history of the nation of Israel when this passage was written? Well, no, but, like, some helpful things are the date, the authorship, and maybe, like, what was going on at that time. So, like, we know that Jeremiah is writing to the people of Israel prior to exile. It's helpful to know those key factors in the text um, before we jump in. Yeah, and, and I think for those who say, boy, that just sounds like a an intellectually taxing thing to explore the historical factor, mm-hmm. it will enrich your study, and you'll enjoy the memorization so much more when you can kind of picture the setting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and I think that's so important. I mean, we're recording this episode 
close to Christmas time, and my wife and I just watched It's a Wonderful Life. Do you remember when Clarence was getting ready to be a blessing to George Bailey? He had to, first of all, acquaint himself with the historical factor, and he got a rundown of George's entire life so that he could insert himself accurately into the situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And isn't that what we're doing with the historical factor? Before we jump into application, let's understand what this author was addressing, which may be very different uh, than what we think just based on the face value. And the good thing is, too, as you live in the book— and, and study the background more and more, it will become like second nature to when you open your Bible to a certain book, like our, our passage, 2 Timothy 2.15 today. Mm-hmm. You look at that and you know, okay, it's Paul's last inspired letter. Mm-hmm. He's going to be martyred soon. He's writing to his protege, and it just it'll yeah. become like second nature the more that you live in the book. Mm-hmm. Well said. So let's talk next about uh, the word loves in that, ac- in that acrostic. Homer loves good country sausage. <laughs> Remind us what that stands for. Yeah, this stands for the literary factor. So what, what we've got to understand is that, that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, and He used human instruments. And these human instruments, they used literary genres that were common in their day. They would tweak them, they would adapt them to their purposes, but they would still use those various genres that were common to their day. We need to identify those genres and then understand some of the basic rules of interpretation that would guide them. Uh, just to give you some examples, let's just say in the New Testament, uh, there's several literary genres there. There's gospels. There's four gospels. Uh, there's historical narrative. That's Acts. Uh, there's letters, epistles. You have the, the Pauline corpus, Paul's letters. You have the general epistles. Uh, the first three chapters of Revelation are epistles and letters. Then there's also apocalyptic literature. That mm-hmm. would be the rest of the book of Revelation. Each one of those literary genres have some basic guidelines uh, for interpreting them, understanding that uh, what each book is, what its genre is, and then knowing just a little bit of those guidelines will really open up the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. I think about um, when Paul ends letters and he's, you know, like— greeting them with a holy kiss. Well, you're not going to see that um, maybe like in Ecclesiastes or something, but you remember, oh, this is a letter. Okay, so when I write a letter, there's a certain format that I follow. Well, there was a certain format that Paul was following when he wrote that letter too. Absolutely. So what's the next component there? And Homer loves good country sausage. So the word good, and that stands for the grammatical factor. This is probably my favorite one. Uh, it, grammar is the way that words relate to each other. It's the way individual words relate to each other, the way that phrases relate to each other, the way that clauses relate to each other, the way that verses relate to each other, the way that passages relate to each other. Um, when you're trying to understand the grammatical factor, you want to look at what's the type of word. Is it a noun? Is it a verb? Uh, what does the word mean? Uh, is, is it a figure of speech that's very particular that you need to know the background of? You're just examining all of those words and how they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. I like to nerd out on it. So, and, and just to be clear, you're not suggesting that a memorizer should take time and look under the hood at the Greek and Hebrew necessarily. That would certainly be edifying. But even examining the grammar of our English translation can be a fruitful exercise as we understand, okay, this is a a plural which suggests this, or this is an imperative which suggests that, mm-hmm. just breaking that down. And, you know, perhaps this component could involve getting under the hood of the Greek and Hebrew mm-hmm. as, a, as a next level. Um, but, yeah, just taking time to understand 
the the nuances of the verse as it's presented in your Bible. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, knowing the original languages, are, it's it's great if you're able to. It's a wonderful blessing. It opens a lot of doors. But if you just know your English Bible, that's not prohibitive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that you can learn uh, just by analyzing the English text. Yeah, yeah. and and this is not a, a rule that applies 100% of the time. But as I've been memorizing mostly in the ESV, I've started to notice certain grammatical tendencies that my mm-hmm. translation follows. So, for example, the words will and shall seem almost interchangeable. And it can be hard as you're reciting to remember mm-hmm. will or shall. Mm-hmm. Well, I've discovered that almost 100% of the time, the ESV will say, God will do something. But it rarely says he shall, because the word shall almost involves this imperative, you know, God mm-hmm. must, he's obligated to do something. But sure. God will do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. But when it's his people, oftentimes the word shall is used. Because, and so that sounds mm-hmm. like, a, you know, a grain of sand on the beach, so to speak. But if you recognize that, it can really help with your memory work as well, because you can start to recognize those grammatical rules yeah. as you as you memorize. Absolutely. You can look at things like that. You can also look at something even more basic about the grammar. What's the punctuation on the end? Mm-hmm. Is it an exclamation mark? Is it a question mark? And it'll, form, it'll guide how you read it and how you interpret, just looking at basic things like that. Yeah. Even like when we are reading and studying, if we see a therefore, okay, well, sometimes, I don't know if you've heard it said, like, what's the therefore, therefore? It's a connecting phrase. So does that mean I have to go back and look at the previous passage? And that's, yeah, looking at the words is so helpful in that way. Absolutely. So this next one is a big one. Uh, Why don't you tell us about uh, the next factor in Homer Loves Good Country Sausage? Yeah, the next factor is country, and that stands for the contextual factor. We want to read our Bibles in context. I've heard it said that a text without a context is a pretext. And we want to look at the, the context. Think of it just as, a, as an inverted triangle. You kind of start narrowly, and then you want to fan out. As you're reading your, your passage or your verse in context, you want to look at the verses that come before and after. You want to look at the passages that come before and after. You want to note where it is in that book of the Bible and note some of the chapters that come before and after. Then you would zoom out even further. Where is that book of the Bible in the canon of Scripture? Is it in the Old Testament? Is it in the New Testament? All of those contextual issues will will guide you and direct you in how you're going to interpret that passage. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And what's this uh, final component, Randy? We talked about it a little bit already, but what's, what's the final step of properly studying a passage? The last component is the spiritual factor. Uh, the Bible is a spiritual book. It's the inspired Word of God. That means that it has uh, timeless relevancy to us. What was written long ago has application for us today. But notice that that is the very last factor. It's like you have the license to apply it spiritually when you know the rest of these things. It's guiding you to that point. And I think that that is such a good rule of thumb. We want uh, to apply it to our lives spiritually, but we want to be precise. We want to be accurate in the application. Or you could really get off into some strange places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. And that's why it's at the end. It's at the end. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And, And I think if someone asked, why should I memorize Scripture? We wouldn't say because you just need to be able to say the Word of God you know, verbatim, and there's some inherent value there. Now, there is power in the spoken Word of God, but ultimately, 
The reason we all pursue memorizing scripture is because we want to be able to live these verses out. And we want to be able to live them out accurately in a way that honors all of these things we've talked about, the historical factor, the literary factor, and so on. And so if this seems like something that just slows down your memorization because you're not used to taking that time, it's okay to slow down. It's better to memorize three verses that you've taken the time to study than to memorize ten that really don't have any significance in terms of how you're able to meditate and and apply those passages. Yeah, I think that uh, we memorize for the glory of God, and that is the best thing that we could do. And so if it is for the glory of God, then it's worth slowing down and doing it right. Mm -hmm. I personally, I, I struggle with with studying before, with, you know, pre-memorizing, because I just want to jump into it. And yet I realize when I slow down, when I deal with those issues, uh, when I deal with the three W's as well and set my, my course of what I'm going to memorize, I'm able to do it better. And ultimately, and I can't say this every time, but usually when I put that work on the front end, my memory work goes by quicker. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, yeah, sorry, just thinking about how as you meditate on what you're studying, the more I think readily you're able to memorize it because you have been sitting on it and chewing on it for so long. Mm-hmm. The other day I bought a new uh, gadget for our home, and, and I don't know about you, Randy, but I, I find that I don't like reading the instructions when I buy something. I just like to jump in and start using it. But about halfway into that, I realized, you know what? I need to read those instructions because if I don't, this isn't going to work. And I feel like the same thing applies, you know, kind of like you. I like to just jump into my memorization. But when we do that, we're not really getting the the benefit of the memorization because we've spent hours hiding this chapter in our heart. But if we don't know what it means or if we've not tapped into that under the hood to see the, the grammatical factor and the literary factor, the historical and the contextual, all of these things together, then it's almost like in Proverbs where it says, uh, the slothful man roasts not what he took in hunting. Hmm. When you memorize something, you're, you're taking it in hunting, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's be sure that we uh, spend the time on the front end to, uh, to harvest that a little more thoroughly and make sure that we have all that we need to apply it to our lives. Absolutely. Especially if... We're people of the book. Well, we're people of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And if if we are going to memorize the Bible, half of, maybe not the whole Bible, but like half of the Bible is before Christ. So if we're able to study the Old Testament before we memorize it, we are going to see Christ and the meta narrative of Scripture so much more richly after we've studied it than if maybe we read one of the minor prophets, and memorize it um, without better understanding what that might have to do with the coming Messiah. Absolutely. So this has been a great episode. Thank you, Randy and Olivia, for sharing your thoughts on these things. And thank you for listening. Uh, As always, we hope that you'll subscribe. And before you uh, close out of this episode, we would invite you to check out the show notes for this episode because you'll find in there a downloadable PDF. You can print this out, and you can even put it in your Bible, but it breaks down this uh, concept of Homer loves good country sausage, and it's got that. So as you then memorize new passages, you can just let that be a guide as you study God's Word. Again, thank you for joining us for today's episode, and we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. 
At SMF, our mission is to help you know, live, and love God's Word. If you're ready to take the next step in your Scripture Memory journey, visit us online at scripturememory.com or download Verse Locker, our free Bible memory app. As always, be blessed today as you take time to enjoy God's Word. And be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast.